This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. The photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or etc. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Totally irresponsible. Huh. Somebody in office had classified documents. Just like totally irresponsible. The best thing I love about from that interview on 60 Minutes several months ago with Joe Biden. He's not being just how irresponsible, almost condescending. How irresponsible for a former office holder to have top secret documents in their office. Guess what they found at Biden's think tank, incidentally? Classified documents. Now, these apparently, here's the other thing, a little twist. Uh, I'm hoping, and usually Gary does. He, he's on this stuff. Gary Nolan, host of the Gary Nolan Show. Maybe he'll cover this. But the, the timing, just to me, you know, barstool knowledge of politics. Timing's a little odd. They wait till Joe goes on this much ballyhooed trip to the border that basically he has been forced to go. And by the way, CNN ripping Biden for his trip to the border for what he is doing and mostly for what he is not doing. Timing's a little odd that he'd be out of town when we released something that came out a couple of months ago. This was back in November, a little over two months ago. And they have found some classified documents in his think tank office from when he was vice president. No word yet on what's exactly in those, but they are classified. Somebody said, yes, well, don't get too excited. You know, we don't know what's in them. And I said, well, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, uh, not a recipe for uh, for baked pasta, for baked pasta mostacholi, because they're marked as classified. So might be something to it. We will see. Welcome to the show. Wake up mid-Missouri. Brandon Rather. Here's Mr. John Marsh. How you doing today, bud? Having issues. I hear you. <laughs> There's producer, <laughs> producer Hannah. And when we say Marsh is having issues, do we mean figuratively and literally? Yep, we mean both. There's producer Hannah. She's not having issues. Well, I'm having issues because John is having issues. But, yeah, we're here. My name is uh, Brandon Rather. Brian Marsh is running around somewhere, probably finding the latest news. Brian Marsh? Now, huh. I am having issues. Brian Houseworth is running around and keeping you updated here on the latest uh, news. Stephanie Bell back tomorrow. I want to bring in um, Trey Foshe. Been on the show before. I really think we have got to grow, especially with a, a, a younger a younger audience. Not here on the radio station. I'm not talking about that. We need, and I don't know if recruiting is the right word, we need to turn on a younger generation of people to conservative thoughts and ideas. We say conservative, I think they're American thoughts and ideas. When as a 50-something-year-old dude, and I've been going to pachyderm meetings all the time, and I'm usually at the age of 50, 51, 52, when I am the youngest person there, just to me, it's kind of an issue as it relates to conservative mindsets and independent mindsets. So we need to recruit more. What I immensely appreciate what uh, Trey Fauché uh, does. Uh, let me ask you, first of all, because I want to get in, there's a story that I want to ask you about. Uh, you hear about the, the, the Biden and how much he chastised Trump for having some classified documents. And we don't do what about-ism here. We don't do it. But <laughs> your reaction when you found out they found some classified documents from time from Biden's time as vice president? Yes. Yeah. 
mean, in their first thing, uh, yeah, definitely will just but actually in the all right, Trey. Uh, we might if there's another line, we might we might need to call you back um, because you're you're uh, you're breaking up. Can you move around the house, rub your tummy, and pat your head while you're on the phone here, real quick? You try that. Yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can fix it. See, quick. okay, that sounds good now. Right where you are. Perfect. All right, don't move, Trey. Your reaction, Biden. He's got from his time as vice president classified documents after he lambasted Trump. Uh, quickly, your take on that? Yeah, it's absolutely very interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll be watching closely yeah. to see what's hidden in these documents. But I think what's also interesting is what we're not going to see. I mean, we're not going to see a raid on the think tank like we saw at Mar-a-Lago because it's just completely different set of circumstances. Well, it seems to be the same thing to me. But well, and the, well, the circum and you're right to the point that. The circumstances are this guy has a D behind his name, and the other guy had an R. Those are the different circumstances. Trey Fauché, president, Mizzou College Republicans. Here, saw this article in uh, Financial Times, and it's called Millennials Are Shattering the Oldest Rule in Politics. And I took interest because, obviously, producer Hannah, as a 22-year-old grad of Mizzou, she is a conservative-slash-independent, free-thinker. Um, but I thought, well, this is kind kind of interesting. You, we talk about generational stuff. And send it to you, and you see, yeah, okay, here's my take. What's your take? Millennials shattering the oldest rule in politics. Kind of bottom line this for us. Yeah, uh, so the article itself is talking about how analysis and common sense itself shows that with age, voters tend to start skewing more conservative as they get older. Uh, millennial voters in both the U.S. and the U.K., and the article skews towards the U.K. because it's Financial Times, just are not coming back to the middle and to the right as much as we would predict them to. So a lot of these, so it's kind of saying that as we get older, more people gravitate towards being conservative slash Republicans? Exactly. But millennials aren't doing that. And I think it's really interesting whenever we see why. And it, a lot of it has to do with incentives. Millennials and Gen Z, to a certain extent as they get older, have rampant levels of college debt. They have unaffordable housing costs. They have low entrance salaries. It's Millennials are now becoming parents. And with the supply chain problems we're facing... They have been struggling to find formula to feed their children. It's it's not surprising they're starting to go more to the leftward where they're or skew leftward where they're saying, Oh, we have the solutions where well they can say that all they want. They just I don't know if they have them or not, but they don't. Their solution is here, we'll give you this. Here we'll give you more unemployment. Here we'll give you stimulus checks. Here we will do this. Here we will wipe up your, your debt. They're, they're, it's like, you know what? It's like a radio station contest sometimes. <laughs> hey, we're giving this away. Come over and listen to us. Hey, but we're giving this away. Come over and listen to us. That's, that's what they are, are doing. And I 100% absolutely uh, agree with that. It's interesting when you talk about the history of blacks as it relates to the Democrat Party. And one of the most well-renowned um, speakers when it comes to racial issues, one of the most... Uh, fortunate to have met this guy um 
Shelby Steele, Shelby and Eli Steele, father-son team, uh, he has come on and said the Democrats, they are positively, absolutely, without a doubt, as a black man. And he, and he said, he said, and I've been a black man all my life. <laughs> I love his sense of humor. Uh, he says the Democrats positively to, to our black community, the worst thing that has ever, ever happened to us. And I asked him, I said, worse than, he said, yeah, worse than that. Because they lie and manipulate and they tell us by their actions, we are no good. We cannot do it on our own. And this is from one of the most renowned uh, civil rights leaders of all time, Shelby and Eli Steele. Check that out. Uh, all right. So great take on on that article. And it is, I think, as you and part of it, too, maybe when we move to conservatives, you, you get older and you just get smarter. I think. And being a conservative, that's why you find most progressives, they're not that intelligent, my opinion. They're just not. What happens when we get older? We get wiser. We, uh, we evolve on how we think about some things and we realize, you know what? That's not that big of a deal. This is what's important. That's why I, th- I, I think you encounter very few common sense um, progressives. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen. Incidentally, isn't this the anniversary of Thomas Paine's common sense pamphlet coming out? I think it is. Uh, Trey Fush- Oh, we got to ask you this, too. Uh, I love this. We have people like from the Show Me Institute, Aaron Headland, um, who says, listen, I still have college debt. So student loan forgiveness. Yeah, I, 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 I I'm going to benefit if this ever does happen. Um, he says, but I don't like it. I have another good friend of mine. Hannah, where are you with your student loan <laughs> relief thing right now? <laughs> um, I have not heard anything in a few weeks. And poor Hannah, and this is wrong, and it, I, I get And we appreciate when people share their opinions, but people say, oh, I can't believe Hannah's going to take that money. Uh, it's like... <laughs> I have to laugh. Like, anyone in my position would take it. I'm sorry. So listen, and so... Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah, and, and you are, as a conservative... You're going to take it. Uh, and, and I like to ask these same conservatives, Republicans, so what did you do? Did, did you not accept the stimulus money? Did you send it back to the, the government? Uh, here's what I did with my stimulus money to help me get my head around that idea that I was taking money that I just that the government should not be giving me. I donated it. I think both checks. Uh, I donated it to, I donated one to the Oregon coast and I donated the other one to Jackson Hole, Wyoming (laughs) (laughs) with my grandkids and son. That's how I did that. Uh, And and Hannah, uh, she she gets, uh, people get after her a little bit, which whatever. Uh, But if it goes through, you're going to take advantage as, as as the president of the Mizzou College Republicans? You just well, about have also, to. You just about have to. I think it also brings up an interesting question on whether or not we're actually going to see it happen. I mean, during Eric Schmidt's time in office as Missouri Attorney General, he filed a lawsuit to stop this um, program from going yep. forward because Missouri itself has a program which does much the same along the lines of not loan forgiveness but loan repayment for public service, basically. And I'm not well-versed on the specifics of the program, but he was able to prove that Biden's loan forgiveness program going forward would cause irreparable harm to that program. So right now, the entire program itself is paused until the 
U.S. Supreme Court can issue a ruling. But I think on the whole, that's one of the problems we have to face with younger voters skewing leftward. It is the three prong, and it's a there's a three prong approach as to what we need to do to turn it around. Step number one is policy. We need to come out and combat the progressive policy of loan forgiveness by actually addressing the problem of rising college costs. Okay, what's step two? about this last time. What's where, step two? Well, step two is education. Step two is education. What's the, what's the third step? Outreach. Outreach. All right. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just running out of time. That's all, Trey. And, no, I, want to all make sure, and I want to make sure you got your points in. By the way, you were just talking about Eric Schmidt, former attorney general. I know you and I uh, running around the other night at, uh, at what I like to call the Jefferson City Mardi Gras, which is the uh, inaugural uh, events. Um, got an opportunity to spend some time with a new attorney general, Mr. Bailey. Uh, 15 seconds uh, on your take on Mr. Bailey, the new attorney general. Oh, I couldn't be happier yeah, for him. Yeah. Um, I think he'll. I think he's a great successor to Eric Schmidt. Um, definitely a very competent attorney general. I'm looking forward to seeing where he's going. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he is already, um, and he's getting some accolades within some of the press that that follows what happens at the Capitol. He's already getting some kudos there, and he's he's already doing some things as it relates to big tech. Trey Foshe, President, Mizzou College Republicans, man, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. We appreciate you coming up just a few minutes from now. Morning Bell Business News. A little twist. Uh, and kind of the, uh, the the twist today is we're going to, it's a product, and so we are going to. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. If you, Stephanie, is going to be back here tomorrow. So here's what we have today. Uh, so this is kind of like mixing, like, real life with Simulated life, yeah, it uh, has to do with tech. So Apple plans to apparently release what they're calling a mixed reality headset, which just kind of sounds weird. It almost sounds like as somebody who's had issues with, you know, depression and, and mental health over the years and who's found my solution. Mixed reality. It just it just sounds kind of a kind Took of weird. something out of Avatar the movie, I guess. Huh? Yeah. It, it's like that, which by the way, Avatar is by Avatar standards, bombing in the United States, doing okay worldwide. I did see it over the Christmas break, and and I loved the first one. I didn't like, you know, there's a little bit of political message, whatever there is in everything. Uh, it's James Cameron. Uh, but did see the second Avatar over the break, and we saw the movie, and when we got done, our take was exactly the same. It's like, it's cool, but there's just nothing new in there. As far as go, go hug a tree on another planet, yeah, and in the name of the, I love the name of the the product that they're trying to mine. The mineral is called unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> unobtainium, good work, James. Uh, so, if you were thinking about going seeing going to see the movie Avatar, there's really nothing new as far. I mean, it's it's good, just as good as it was 14 years ago when the first one came out, I guess. Um, just get you the new headset, and it's all good, right? Yeah. So this new headset, uh, it's a de- it's a designed mixed reality headset. Apparently, going to come out in the uh, spring, and apparently, uh, it will allow folks to experience uh, Apple. Uh, it will allow a mixed reality product that combines the environment of simulated computer imagery with like real spaces. 
I can't get my head around what that means. And if I think I do know, if I can comprehend what Apple is telling me here, I'm thinking, well, so like computer graphics and stuff like that on everything I see? I Brandon's next purchase, an electric car to go with the headset. (laughs) This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. That's what Trump did. Trump didn't have a magic wand. He scared the shit in Mexico. (laughs) He told the Mexican government. All right, we're going to have to send you a bar of soap. And Dana Perino, who's watching very, very religiously, is very offended. I forgot about that. I understand. Thank you very much. I was Lindsey Graham on Fox with Jesse Waters yesterday. Jesse Waters has been on the show here a couple of times over the years. I forgot. I forgot I was on TV, which happens sometimes. Uh, It only happens on, it's never, it's happened one time here on this show that a host, we at callers sometimes will do that. It's happened one time here on a show that I think a a host has actually done that. And you do sometimes because here's what happens, I think, when we're doing Wake Up Mid-Missouri, when we got Brian and John and Stephanie and uh, Hannah and myself all hanging out. You get so, and, and anybody pipe up and let me know if you disagree or agree, but sometimes we get so comfortable with what we're doing here, maybe, Hannah. Like, we kind of forget our place because we have so much fun. And whether you're in your car or at your desk at work or here in the studio, we're all just kind of hanging out and having fun and kind of we forget where we are. Yeah, like when you accidentally say bad words on air. Yeah. Yeah. It's not intentional. (laughs) It's uh, you just forget. Yeah. Or you get really passionate about what you're talking about. Does that make sense? Is that Are you on the same page, Marsh? Yes, sir. Hell Yeah. Howsworth, have you, let me ask you this, have you ever said a wordy dirt on the air? Thank goodness no. Thank goodness no. But I mean, uh, I can see, you know, especially if somebody is passionate, something could slip. I mean, I I see that. But, you know, those, the camera is on all that. But, uh, you know, a lot of times I'm focused on what we're talking about and stuff. So a lot of times I just, you know, I see it up there, but I just, I'm not focused on it. So, but I, I can see, I can see, because you're just, um, again, you're, you're thinking about what you're saying, not so much what's up on the screen. You know, out of everyone that is on camera, Houseworth cares about the cameras the least. And I don't know if it's because he just can't see the monitor that shows what you guys look like. But Brandon is very obsessed with looking at himself <laughs> in the that camera. Is, that is false. You are always looking. No. no, no. I you are not. always looking up at the camera to see what you look like. No, I'm <laughs> making eye contact with the camera, not the monitor. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't. Believe me, I see myself every morning. I don't need to know what I look like. That's, I, How many I, times have you dropped a dirty word on the air there? Brandon, we all have in our career at one oh, point in time. The or last another. time, the last time it happened is when his dad was in studio. Of all the times for it to happen, and he got a spanking after. <laughs> First time I was well, I was doing top forty radio. Here we go. <laughs> I, I had to, uh, I, I had to fill in for the the, the midday uh, host, and part of what she did on her show. Uh, you know, everybody uh, all request lunch hour. It was something like that. And uh, so I'm doing that. Well, it just happened to be it was the first day of summer break for all the kids. So being a top 40 radio station, we had a lot of young, you know, 10, 12, 14 year old, sure. mostly girls that were listening. And so you do an all request lunch hour pre really digital area uh, era. These kids incessantly and it wasn't my gig it's not what i was used to i was used to doing a morning show and these kids i'm calling and trying to take their request and at one point i'm just like 
Oh, these little <laughs> SOBs go outside and play or do something productive instead of bugging me. And but I, and then the mic was all. <laughs> so you hear all, nice. all across Southern Idaho, I'm criticizing all of these little kids. What about you, John? Nice. I was the guy, and we won't go too far, but I was the guy doing sports one time many moons ago who mispronounced the last name of Philly's third baseman, Mike Schmidt. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. And looked over and the boss was looking at me through the window with a very pale look on his face. At least, though, most people would go, oh, he just said that guy's last name wrong on accident, right? That's true. Let's hope. <laughs> I, ha- I don't think I've ever said a bad word on air, but I've definitely missed the button for when other people say bad words. Mm-hmm. I have a dump button that is supposed to get rid of any bad words, and I definitely miss that button often. By the way, you listening right now, two things, we appreciate you. Um, please don't repeat any of this to anybody else. <laughs> I was listening don't to Wake Up. Boss. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning on 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWS, 93.9 The Eagle, and all they talked about was Tom's a sword on the air. Because I have a story that's about to make me swear here on the air. And Hannah, you know who's really going to love this? Cause it's in the political realm. But he, Hannah's um, going to, I, I think she's going to dig. Okay. Dig this. I always uh, get nervous when you say that. <laughs> and now you're giggling, which doesn't help. <laughs> so already a bunch of people, and, I, and I, I don't even like to talk about election stuff. We just, what we are two months removed from the midterm. It Bare- still hurts. <laughs> right? Still hurts. <laughs> still tiring. But we're uh, in a permanent campaign now, and then we've got uh-huh. municipals as well. Thanks, yeah. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> we're already we're already bummed out. Brian's just rubbing it in. He's got a big old can of Morton's salt over here. He's just pouring it onto these election wounds. So I got tipped off to kind of there's a, a kind of a private statewide publication, mm-hmm. and they found they do some really cool things. You know, they go through like campaign finance report, real mundane stuff that most people wouldn't go. Through. They go through this stuff. Sometimes they find some real gems. And I saw this name mentioned, and it says so-and-so has formed a campaign committee to run for statewide office in 2024. And I saw the name, and I said, no, maybe there's a different one of these, but it's somebody who has kind of a unique name. I'm like, how many people do I know of that have this name? I'm like, well, only one. But may so I'm going. Maybe there, maybe it's a, there's a chance. <laughs> maybe it's not this person. And then there's some history on this person, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's who is running for a statewide office. They're online right now, trying to find someone cuter than me, a good job, someone better than me. They will never find anyone better than me. Oh, and actually. Wow. You know who it is yet? I think I do. Okay. So maybe this will help. Speak while we're talking about us swearing on air. This person who is now, according to this publication, running for a statewide office, they want to be in office. This is how this person has conducted themselves before in public in the past in front of a board of elected officials. Then what are we then what are we doing? What the hell are we doing? Best behavior today. But I'm not going on a trip because y'all chose to do this. I didn't deserve this. I've lost all faith in you. Our staff lied to us and then went back and lied again at our last meeting. And y'all don't give a shit. 
And Barbara Buffalo, Mayor Barbara Buffalo, who was at the prayer breakfast the other morning, mm-hmm. she handled this woman so well. Hannah? December Harmon? Yeah. Check it uh. out. So I saw it, and I'm like, okay, because according to this publication, um, uh, to run for statewide office. Look at some of the people that run for statewide office all the time. Hell, I'd say right now, look especially in mid-Missouri at some of the Democrats that got elected. Um, so I, I'm looking for a website. And it's, according to the website, it's not a statewide office. I'm looking at that, too. I was confused as you were reading what you had there. She's going to run for U.S. Senate? That's what her website says. But again, anybody can run. Hell, anybody can run for president. Even Gary Nolan ran for president. (laughs) And I say that with love. Nolan's here at nine. The very top of her website says December for U.S. Senate. December for U.S. Senate. Now, there's a possibility knowing what I know about December. December Harmon is a woman in Columbia who uh, wanted to get on the Citizens Police Review Board. And they they serve, I think it's a good purpose. The purpose of the board is to be kind of a conduit Mm -hmm. between the public and, and, and police. She does not understand that. She wants to go after cops, and she, you know why she wants to go after cops? Because they're cops. And she has the, the, the national news outlets, people like USA Today, CNN, MSNBC, they have drilled into this local woman's head that cops are out to get her because she happens to be black. She believes that she has bought into that, so she's running for Senate. By the way, Lucas Kuntz. He's getting he's getting some uh, incredible traction. He has an ad. I guess last I checked this morning, had like three million uh, three million hits. But bigger than that, people are talking about. Um, and he's going to run for Senate also in twenty twenty four. Little background on him. Yeah, he ran against, uh, and of course, well known uh, Lucas Coons. He ran against uh, Trudy Bush Valentine in the U.S. Senate primary back in August. And uh, it was a very close race, very close race. I mean, she she ended up winning. Bush Valentine did. But he has taken the gloves off uh, involving Hawley. Basically, I can set the ad up very quickly. He has a, I, I didn't know who it was. It was a man running down a gravel road in Lexington, Missouri. And he's portraying it as Josh Hawley um, running um, from and falling down, basically suggesting Hawley's running away. That was what the ad did. My name is Lucas Kuntz. I've done a lot of running in my life. So while this is happening, to stay healthy, there's a guy running. Guy running down a dirt road in a suit. In a suit, Lexington, Missouri. Running to defend democracy. Oh, and by the way, that guy you're looking at, that's not me. Guess who it is? It's his uh, uh, opponent. But and, and I don't bring it up. Everybody's got you know the campaign ads, and it's only 2023. The only reason I'm bringing it up because apparently it's getting some real traction in the political world. And apparently this guy who lost in a primary, by the way, to Trudy Bush Valentine, who got trounced in a general. By the way, Coons did serve our country. Thank he you. He did, and he's from. Thank Je- you for that. And he's from Jeff City. From Jeff yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what else you know about him, Marsh? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, he was uh, a you know, Democrat, but boy, he sure he sure covered the state. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. you know, so much of his campaign videos, we saw him in barns with farmers and all that stuff. I mean, he worked it. Give him credit. 
And the other thing we should point out, too, um, and he did, uh, everybody in Jeff City knew him because he went to school there. He grew up very poor, um, and he, he talked a little openly about that in the uh, in the ad. Again, it would be a very uphill battle. for. But let me put it this way. He's probably going to go in right now, I would think, unless I see somebody else jump in, is the favorite because of his name identification, and he did travel around the state. But for any Democrat to win statewide against Josh Hawley or anywhere else, <laughs> they have got to put a dent into rural Missouri in their focus. It seems to me, now Kuntz, did, Kuntz to his credit, did go into rural Missouri, but a lot of them, it seems to me, just travel into St. Louis and Kansas City. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Enjoy. A couple of things we didn't get a chance to get to on the show today as we were talking about Lucas Kuntz, who's running for U.S. Senate 2024 against Josh Hawley. Remember, same guy who lost a primary to Trudy Bush Valentine, who got trounced in the general by Eric Schmidt, who's now in Washington, D.C. One of our listeners said, hey, you know what I miss? Show me, Missouri, show me. The Trudy Bush Valentine song that was supposed to be the smash hit of the summer 2022. Uh, and much like her candidacy for U.S. Senate, the song, nor her chances, never materialized. Marsh, anything exciting for leftovers in your little fridge there? Yeah, Jefferson City yesterday, a neighborhood said, what the heck is that smell? Emergency crews were called out yesterday because of a chemical spill over by the Phillips 66 uh, pipeline terminal. And they confirmed that a small amount of the chemical used to odorize petroleum gas products was spilled at the terminal. That's that Mercaptan stuff. It gives it the rotten egg smell. And they could smell it all through the neighborhoods over there. Because <laughs> at first... They uh, thought it was coming from the Capitol. But no. I thought it was coming from Grandpa. Because you, <laughs> when you first... Because you think about when something like that happens. It's first, it's just kind of faint. And the first... Point at the dog. Yeah. <laughs> What's the first thing you do when you notice... First thing you start doing, you start looking around those around you. Second thing you do is you try to create this look on your face so that everybody knows, hey, whatever it was, it wasn't you. You ain't the one because that's the second most important thing. Uh, and it uh, yeah, got a lot of folks <laughs> glad. So, uh, and I don't know. Smelt it, dealt it, right? The, Isn't that the line? The smeller's the feller. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever smelt it, dealt it. Uh, to, to, to Hannah, you got anything for uh, leftover? You pretty much cut, you got everything out of your fridge this morning. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Good work. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Mega Millions jackpot, uh, billion dollars tonight, $1.1 billion. And we have to talk about it because uh, FCC's, no, that's not true. There are no FCC laws, but it's kind of like um, New Year's, every time New Year's comes around. What's your New Year's resolution? What are you going to do if you uh, if you win? But obviously there's... Financial planning advisors uh, come in. Did you get your tickets yet? You know what gets me is so like every time, when the, the, and I've noticed this especially every time that I, I go to uh, like a gas station and I see the people, you know, they're getting the the, the, the the tickets and the lines and then the people that get the little scratch-offs and they go out in the parking lot. It's furious, man. A lot of activity. Oh, this blows me away, man. I uh, said so the, the Virginia teacher was shot by a six-year-old kid. So his mom, the six-year-old kid, this happened uh, last week. Kid just took gun to school, just shot the teacher. Intentionally shot the teacher. Intentionally. 
Kid knows, knew, he, he took the gun from his mom. The, the investigation's not revealing to what extent, but his mom legally bought the gun, but I guess it wasn't locked up or she didn't have it in safe, safekeeping from the kids. I don't know what happened. Uh, kid gets the gun, puts it in his back pocket, go, uh, back pocket, uh, backpack, goes to school and shoots the teacher. And now the next question is, this kid, he's six, but... He took a gun, maybe, allegedly, from his mom. He packed it to school. He took it out of his backpack, and he intentionally shot the teacher. What do we do with uh, about that? And that's going to be uh, interesting. And also, I did mention, I thought this was the anniversary. It turns out, uh, I was correct, January 10th, 1776, Thomas Paine publishes Common Sense. And it is interesting as we talk about the politics on the left-hand side of things. Common sense. That's what, uh, what's lacking. Thomas Paine, a reluctant English tax collector and failed businessman who arrived in America on the eve of revolution, published Common Sense. 